welcome to a bonus winter vacation release of last year's 2011's War on Christmas episode. It is one of my favorites. This is the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Young Turks, The Majority Report, Media Matters, Countdown with Keith Olbermann, The Colbert Report, The Progressive, Le Show, and Bill Maher. And stay tuned at the end for an all-new commentary if you're into that sort of thing. Fox News, of course, is legendary uh, uh, war on Christmas uh, that they have uh, alleged is happening throughout the country. In fact, I actually went back and checked out uh, one of their first clips in 2006 about it, and O'Reilly was largely joking, and he kept saying, am I being dumb about this? And his guests were basically saying, yeah, even Michelle Malkin wasn't really playing along. But what's interesting is, since then, in the uh, four years afterwards, uh, they've gotten serious about it. They must have gotten good audience reaction from it. Being the actors that they are, they're like, oh yeah, well, I meant the war on Christmas is totally real. I and mean, I can't believe people would say happy holidays. We've got a little compilation for you guys of O'Reilly on the warpath about this over the last four years. He's gotten more and more angry about it as the years went by. Secular progressives, which are driving this movement, okay, don't want Christmas, they don't want it as a federal holiday, they don't want any message of spirituality or Judeo-Christian tradition because that stands in the way of gay marriage, legalized drugs, euthanasia. I think the backlash against stores that don't say Merry Christmas is enormous. Every company in America should be on its knees thanking Jesus for being born. We now don't call it the Christmas break. It's the winter break, as if people worship winter. The other thing is, I don't believe most people who aren't Christian are offended by the words Merry Christmas. I think those people are nuts. I think you're crazy if you're offended by the words Merry, Merry Christmas. Well, then Seasons, thought, greetings, and happy holidays, Bill, does not offend Christians. Yes, it does. Uh, absolutely does. Um, and I know that for a fact. He knows it for a fact. The words happy holidays are outrageous. They offend all Christians. It must be Merry Christmas. So it's interesting that one of our uh, viewers, let me give him credit, Michael DeSantis, went on the Fox News Channel website and found a Fox News shop, and guess what they were selling? And guess what they were saying? Let's look. And there's a screen grab from there until they maybe change it one day, although I think they've done this in the past as well. There it is. Happy Holidays. That is outrageous. How dare they? Do you know how many uh, Christians are offended in this country? when you say happy holidays. And look at that, there's Glenn Beck gear, there's Sean Hannity gear, there's snow on there. Snow is outrageous. It's not part of the Christian part of Christmas. <laughs> what happened is Fox News Channel's own website, own gear where they're making money. How dare they say happy holidays? You know what, O'Reilly's not done. This compilation that we're showing you, by the way, interestingly enough, put together by John Kim. Jonathan Kim when he was at Brave New Films. Here's some more. Business community says we don't want to offend anybody. So we're not going to say Merry Christmas. We're going to say Happy Holidays, all right? That offends millions of Christians. See? I think those people are nuts. You know, business is business. It, it's out to make a profit, and it doesn't want to alienate potential customers. Yeah, but that, you know that's so it, dopey. Uh, Father. So you don't buy the, the take that they're trying to be inclusive with the companies being, that have that position on This is insulting to Christian America. This is insulting to Christian America. I can't believe how Fox News would insult all these Christians. How dare they? I'm sure that uh, this will be in tomorrow's Talking Points memo for Bill O'Reilly about how his own station has grossly offended all these Christian Americans. What a moron Bill O'Reilly is. I can't believe what Christmas has come to today. All these atheists and judges trying to take it away. No carols in our public schools, no trees at City Hall. And they wish you season's greetings at the shopping mall. Ain't you sick of it all? Well, there's a war on Christmas, it's under attack. But this year America's taking it back. Separate church and state, that's what some lawyers said. I say it's time we separated him from his head. You can call me unchristian, but that's not true. Cause if I got a present for you.
Well, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays? A Christmas tree or a holiday tree? Which should it be? Depends on whom you ask. We've seen controversy, most notably prompted by the White House. It sent out cards, this card, matter of fact, wishing a holiday season of hope and happiness. No mention of Christmas. Some thoughts now on the subject. Sam Teeter hosts the show Majority Report on Air America Radio. Bob Knight is the director of the Culture and Family Institute. It's affiliated with the Christian conservative organization Concerned Women for America. Gentlemen, great to have you with me. Thank Thanks you. for having us on. All right, well, let's start with the holiday card. What do you think, Sam? Well, uh, listen, you know, as far as the war on Christmas goes, I feel like we should be waging a war on Christmas. I mean, I believe that Christmas, it's, it's, it's almost proven that uh, Christmas has uh, nuclear weapons, can be a, an imminent threat to this country, that um, they have operative ties with terrorists, and I believe that we should sacrifice thousands of American lives uh, in pursuit of this war on Christmas. And uh, hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money. Well, Sam, is it a war on Christmas, a war on Christians, a war on po over political correctness, or just a lot of people with way too much time on their hands? Well, I would say probably, if I was to be serious about it, too much time on their hands. But I'd like to get back to the operational ties between Santa Claus and Al-Qaeda. <laughs> I don't think that exists. Bob? Well, uh, we have <laughs> intelligence. Out here. We have intelligence. You, we have, intelligence you have intel. Right and where yeah. exactly does your intel come from? Well, we have tortured an elf, and that's, uh, it's actually how we got the same information from Al Libby. That's exactly the same way the Bush administration got this uh, info uh, about the operational ties between Al-Qaeda and Saddam. Okay, Bob Knight, uh, Sam is, is tying in now the lack of information regarding weapons of mass destruction and yeah. somehow moving that into Santa Claus. Uh, help me out here. What's going on? I mean, is, is this a, a, a war on Christians, a war on Christmas? Is this too much political correctness? Yeah, that, well, it was very, first I want to compliment him on his, on his dry humor, but uh, this is actually a very serious subject because a lot of people are waking up to realize that the war on Christmas is really uh, the culmination of a war on faith and the idea that the public square has to be cleansed of any religious expression, particularly Christian religious expression. You know, at one time, Happy Holidays was a welcome addition to Merry Christmas, so you wouldn't say the same thing over and over again, but a lot of people now see it as a substitute and it's very gratuitous at times and it's actually insulting when you're talking about Christmas Day or a Christmas tree and you can't bring yourself to use the word for fear of offending someone. Uh, in the name of diversity we're a less free country when that happens. It, it's interesting Sam because I mean this is a time where uh, if anything we want to be even more sensitive to diversity considering everything that's happening with regard to war on terror we're learning so much more about different religions different ethnicities and trying to become more of one versus uh, being segregated. Yeah well Kara I mean listen the, uh, I would like Bob to tell me who is the person who has been offended by uh, someone saying Merry Christmas to them? I've never met that person. I don't celebrate Christmas. But if someone says Merry Christmas to me, uh, and I either think, well, it's a little bit odd. It's like me saying Happy Birthday to you on my birthday. But, uh, you know, no one cares. But I'll tell you this. As we care. wage the war on the war on the war on the war on Christmas on our radio show, News Corp, Fox News, those people who have started this uh, entire uh, uh, war on Christmas meme, fake war, they're having a holiday party. President Bush saying happy holidays, Tokyo Rose, Laura Bush saying happy holidays to her dogs in the video, I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, these are the things that we should be talking about when we are waging this war in Iraq. We should be equating it to the war on Christmas. What else would Bob Knight have an opportunity to do? How else would he get on television if he wasn't I pretending to be attacked? You know, this would be funny, except it is serious to a lot of people who have seen their faith cleansed from the public square systematically. Bob, are you suggesting, Bob, that someone can't celebrate Christmas in America? I mean, tell I'm me about, about the person who can, can escape I these get a word in here. Go uh, ahead, Bob. Go I'm, ahead, Bob. I'm talking about things like in Ridgeway, Wisconsin, where the school children in the public school were told they couldn't sing Silent Night. They, so they substituted O Cold Night. You know, I think when you take Jesus out of anything, it gets pretty cold, uh, so it's apt. But it's outrageous. They had children actually singing a bastardized version of Silent Night. Well, Bob, uh, you see, this Christmas trees are called holiday trees. But, but I don't consider Jesus the Messiah. 
And so if you're going to ask me to praise Jesus, I'm going to be a little offended. Well, I'm now, gonna... I don't think the singing of the song, that you can find other songs to sing. So what about Silent Night? So, so what? So because you're offended, none of those other kids can celebrate the great heritage of Christmas I'm not the one who said Christmas they couldn't music. do that. No, I'm not the See, one who said that. you're a Grinch, But sir. you're trying to That's force... You are. Why are you trying to force conversions on people? Let me ask you guys. Let me, let me, convert yeah, you are like singing a Christmas carol. Absolutely. Let, let me ask. Let me ask you guys about the pressure that's been put on on stores. For example, uh, American Family Association called for the boycott of Target stores the weekend after Thanksgiving, accusing the chain of banning the phrase "Merry Christmas" from its stores, a charge that Target denies. Pressure from conservative groups uh, look like it has an impact here. Complaints from the Catholic League. Walmart agreed to create a Christmas page on its website rather than a holiday page, and then. Macy's, which is, you know, perhaps uh, more closely associated with Christmas than any other retailer, sent activists a letter touting its use of Merry Christmas in ads and store windows after it was the target of a small-scale boycott last year. I mean, this is pretty amazing, all these boycotts of pressuring all these stores, these businesses, Bob. Well, these businesses are taking millions and millions of dollars in from Christians in particular and others who celebrate Christmas, giving gifts uh, in the name of the Christmas season, and yet they're so worried about offending people like my opponent here that they don't want to mention the word Christmas. People are Bob, sick and tired. It's the holiday time. I'm not your opponent. Uh, but well, I do yeah, agree with Bob. Yeah, you are. I do agree with Bob that I think what should happen is companies should calculate how much money they're getting from people who are celebrating Christmas and provide exactly that much amount of Merry Christmas because that is exactly how I would want any type of religious holiday to be celebrated. Would we, you know, be, I, would we be I having the same argument about Hanukkah? In... I'm curious. What, would we have the same uh, would, argument about Hanukkah? Hanukkah is not the same as Christmas. It's not a major holiday for one thing. And, and this is the Christmas season. No. That's why billions of dollars are really being spent. It's Christmas. Well, it's also the winter solstice for a minute. Too. I don't know, Bob. People just might so argue that, that, that Hanukkah is just as big as Christmas. Well, no, I, I mean, no, I would I have to agree with Bob. I, I would have to agree with Bob on that. And none of them okay. says Hanukkah is as big no, as Hanukkah Christmas. No, Hanukkah is not a high holiday. Our high no, holidays are Rosh Hashanah and Yom right. Kippur, which I'm sure Bob is been, has been protesting why there aren't uh, more Yom Kippur sales or uh, Rosh Hashanah sales. Well, uh, I mean, why shouldn't they be, right, Bob? Well, if that was associated with that holiday, then maybe I would join you, but uh, it never has been. Bob, so have you ever protested issue. Martin Luther King what? Day not being celebrated? I mean, do you resent when people don't say, Happy Martin Luther King Day a month out? In advance. You know what, Look, let, let's put let, this in perspective. Put it, let me be, and, and Bob, I want you to be able to respond. But what's interesting, okay. the CNA USA Today Gallup poll, uh, the question was, is it okay for people to say Merry Christmas? 88% said yes, 11% yeah. said no. Yeah, well, 96% of Americans celebrate Christmas. Uh, so why would we care about the, so what's the offending 4% that get offended by it? Uh, yeah, I don't I mean, know anybody who'd be offended well, by someone wishing someone a Merry why Christmas. Why don't we care? Why are we making all the changes, Bob? I mean, we do. Yeah, we Bob, do. Bob, where's the war? Where's Where the are the war? battle lines? I mean, you can tell the me that Silent Night can't be sung in one school in Wisconsin. That's and, just one example. That's not the totality. Well, so don't well, what is the totality? Man. The totality is 80. You brought it up. The totality is 88% of the American population has no problem with it. You don't care about the people who don't celebrate Christmas. Fine. But I don't celebrate Christmas, and I don't care. So why are we wasting everybody's time? It's so I, that you can fundraise. That's why, Bob. I'd like and to put I think this you know in that's perspective. Bob, I've got to let you have the final, final thought, Bob. Okay. You know, when the Nazis moved into Austria in 1936... Oh, that is offensive, Bob. They immediately to raise Christmas Nazis. from the schools. Uh, that is a... About it, hold, hold on, hold on. Let, let Bob, hold on, Sam. Let Bob make his point. Let Bob make so his point. Go ahead, Bob. Okay, Maria Trapp wrote the story of the Trapp Singers that's uh, in The Sound of Music. And she said she sent her kids to school after the Nazis took over, and they came home and said, Mama, we can't say the word Christmas anymore. It's now winter holiday. I think that ought to uh, disturb people Kira, that that's moving offensive. toward that kind of attitude in this country. The Puritans also outlawed Christmas. The founding fathers of this country uh, would fine you in, in Massachusetts if you celebrated Christmas at the beginning. So don't talk about Nazis, Bob. I what? think that's really inappropriate. Why well, do you have to bring to the hate Soviet to this Union Christmas and holiday season? Frost. That's so sad, Bob. Well, it's the so truth. Sad. You ought to read the book yourself. Well, Bob, it's just sad that you have to raise Nazis when you're talking about Christmas and the holiday season. And we all know that Christmas actually, uh, Tannenbaum, it's a German holiday. It, Bob, I, I'm really, really disappointed in, in you. It, it, oh, I'm it, sorry it, to disappoint you, but if, you're, if you can't understand a, a, the, the uh, force of history... To bring I'm, up I'm Nazis, Bob? Nazi. Oh, God. 
Oh, who are you calling a Nazi? Gentlemen, who are you calling a Nazi? We gotta let it there. We could probably continue. You are, sir. Sam Cedar. I'm offended. Air America Radio. Bob Knight, Director of Culture and Family Institute. Gentlemen. Obviously, hey, it's a discussion. Everyone's talking about it, that is for yes. sure. Or a lot of people are talking about it, I should say. Yes. Now I'm just curious. Do I say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, Happy Hanukkah? What, what well, I'd like to say Merry Christmas. As don't, Sam, cut Sam? From, don't cut and run from the war on Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, gentlemen. Talk to you later. Thank you. The food was great. The tree plugged in. The meal had gone without a hitch. Till Timmy turned to Ember and said, Is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said the pies are burning And she hit the kitchen And it was Jane who spoke She said it's true the cousin's not a Christian But we love trees, we love the snow The friends we have, the world we share And you find magic from your God And we find magic everywhere So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground The best that they were raised and where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning Cause now when Christians sit with pagans Holy pumpkin pies are burning This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Danny Herrera. It's been several days since Halloween, so guess what that means? It's time for the fake war on Christmas outrage over at Fox News. In time for the holidays, the Obama administration adding a Christmas tree tax. Well, oh. the government grinching 15 cents out of your pocket, potentially, on the sale of all fresh Christmas trees. The Department of Agriculture says it needs the money to pay for a new program that's supposed to improve the image and marketing of Christmas trees. Except it's not a tax on consumers. It's a self-imposed fee from the Christmas tree industry. In February 2008, Faced with declining sales, members of the National Christmas Tree Association created a task force that led to a checkoff program which would allow the USDA to collect a fee from growers in order to fund research into marketing Christmas trees. Sort of like the Got Milk commercials we've all seen. Rockin' around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. Later we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll do some caroling. The very first war on Christmas was first waged by Christians. Before the American Revolution, Christmas was against the law in some of the colonies because Puritans considered Christmas a day of secular celebration and alcoholic revelry. Eventually, Christmas was mixed with Teutonic pagan elements like Sinterklaas, who got himself commercialized along with the entire holiday as a way to sell stuff. These days, the war on Christmas is fought by the Christian right as a way to scare those sellers of stuff out of any multi-faith suggestion that Christmas is just another holiday, therefore Jesus Christ is just another deity, and therefore Christianity is just another religion. But on our number one story tonight, the war on Christmas has taken a strange and disturbing turn this year. William Donahue and Rupert Murdoch's New York Post, traditional combatants in the war on Christmas, have trained their yuletide guns on someone not for failing to put the Christ back in Christmas, but for failing to worship Santa Claus. It all started at a New York City branch of the Young Men's Christian Association. Definitely a dubious organization from a Christian point of view. There are some non-Christian young men associated the Santa Claus of the Wise annual party with Christianity and assumed the party was therefore not for them. So the Y decided to make the centerpiece of the party Frosty the Snowman. Frosty, it should be noted, was not one of the disciples and is not even mentioned in the Bible. New York Post quoting Donahue, self-styled president of the Catholic League, wishing goodwill to all, quote, they can't celebrate Christmas, then they should check out. What a bunch of cowards. This in defense of Santa Claus, who was not one of the disciples and is not even mentioned in the Bible. Santa Claus descended from the Germanic Sinterklaas, descended from the Norse god Odin, whose horse would fly through the night and eat carrots and straw left by children in their stockings by the fireplace. That's right, Bill Donahue and the New York Post have turned their back on Jesus and taken up arms in defense of a pagan symbol. And of course, we all know who's behind pagan symbols. Oh, 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 oh. 
Never thought of that, did you? For more on the stunning betrayal in the war on Christmas, we go to the front lines of the war on Christmas and Countdown's war on Christmas correspondent, TV's Frank. Frank Conniff, who of course moonlights over at CinematicTitanic.com. Frank, thanks for taking a break from the action to file this dispatch tonight. You keeping safe out there? Well, Keith, I'm in fairly good shape with these guys. As you know, I did a tour here embedded with a division of the Salvation Army 82nd Airborne Reindeer. Then I went off the grid deep into secular occupied territory in the Galleria shopping mall. And I got to tell you, I've seen some sights here that will traumatize me for the rest of my life. <laughs> Damn this war! Sorry. We just lost too many good men in this fight, Keith. But just like in America's past wars, the troops come from every background can, you can imagine. This ragtag fighting battalion and the war against Christmas is an ethnically diverse mix of white male Christians from the South combined with white male Christians from the northern parts of the South, as well as white male Catholic Christians from the southern part of the North. It's just amazing that a diverse bunch of guys who all come from different parts of the same megachurch can learn to get along. I might add that this is one army division where the don't ask, don't tell policy is working just fine. No one in this battalion would ever think of revealing the dark, secret, closeted homosexuality that is buried deep within their tortured souls. That's how patriotic they are. Well said, sir. Now, uh, the fact that uh, Thank you. Frosty the Snowman has entered hostilities, this took a lot of the, uh, the seasoned war analysts, the armchair quarterbacks here, by surprise, correct? Well, Keith, uh, Frosty has opened up a whole new front in the war on Christmas. In fact, you might say a cold front. <laughs> the people fighting back against this war on Christmas feel that there's a lot of sympathy in the liberal media towards Frosty the Snowman because global warming has made his existence all the more precarious. They also consider the Frosty the Snowman song blasphemous. At the end of the songs, he says, don't cry, I'll come back again one day. Oh, so now you're the one being resurrected from the dead in three days? I don't think so. They feel his annual special is nothing more than a wartime propaganda for climate change. There's a feeling that there's also a war against, uh, don't forget, traditional Christmas songs like Silent Night, The First Noel, and of course, YMCA by the village people. Yeah, the beautiful, beautiful yeah, song. The YMCA in the center of this, an extraordinary turnabout. But what about the, 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 this stunning development here, the right turning its back on Jesus, Frank, and forming a new alliance with Santa Claus at its head? It just, it's extraordinary. Well, yes, of course. I mean, Santa Claus must be defended at all costs from a strategic point of view, because after all, he died for our sins of high cholesterol. But still, still, the more we sin, the more he eats. But liberals are attacking Santa because he makes over $250,000 a year, and they resent that he's going to get, you know, his tax cuts extended. Mm -hmm. And as far as Bill Donahue is concerned, Santa Claus is just Jesus, you know, after he's put on a few pounds. Besides, for years, Santa's image has been associated with a very holy sacrament, Coca-Cola. And while the body of Christ is sacred, the body of Santa is even better because, you know, it's often made from chocolate. And keep in mind, Bill Donahue's defense of Santa Claus is not all that surprising. Donahue is known for defending grown men who like to have children sit on their knee. I'm just saying. <laughs> Wow, it's an, it's some battle out there. Mel Gibson, computer generated. Yeah, and yeah. That, he's, and he's, the, I think the Death Star just blew up behind you. Uh, TV's Frank Connor. Oh, oh yes, there's a lot of uh, very uh, tragic incidents happening. Yeah, the three uh, I'm, I'm in a war zone. What can I tell the, you? The Three Keith? Stooges have taken over part of the battle there. I'm not a bit surprised at all. Where they run the show, first of all. I speak uh, for everyone when I say. Nyuk, nyuk, nyuk. Frank, Frank Conniff from war-torn Santa's Village. Good luck out there and Godspeed. God bless you, Keith. Thank you, sir. Police officers hassle the homeless, domestic disputes, alcohol and violence. A jailhouse opens wide its door. A corporation cuts a million employees and the factory is moving overseas. The holidays are here and we're still at war. Mother knows what is best for you Even though it's hard to listen Your father knows he can count 
We all know there's a war on Christmas. So many people forget that this season is about Jesus Christ and the sacrifices he made for mankind, including the ultimate sacrifice, having his birthday on Christmas. <laughs> it just gets lumped in there and you get half the presents. Well, I, for one, will not stand for people taking the Christ out of Christmas. This year, I'm putting a little extra Christ in there by wishing everybody a Merry Christ Christmas Christ. <laughs> Which brings me to my annual segment dedicated to the war on the war on Christmas. This is the Blitzkrieg on Grinchitude. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Folks, that really looks great in HD. Folks, once again, the atheists are trying to kick us in the jingle balls. <laughs> this year, they're attacking us at one of our most sacred locations, outside the Lincoln Tunnel. Just in time for Christmas, a brand new billboard in New Jersey is raising some eyebrows. A silhouette of the three wise men approaching the nativity with the words, you know it's a myth. A myth? What part of three kings following a star through a desert to bring presents to an immaculately conceived baby god they dreamt about sounds like a myth to you? There's no... There's, there's no minotaur in there. And why did the atheists put up this billboard now? David Silverman, the president of the American Atheists, explains. The purpose of it is to make uh, atheists who are in the closet come out. Come out? He's not just trying to make us atheists, he's trying to make us gaytheists. Thank, thank goodness, no, check that, thank godness. My friend Bill Donahue with the Catholic League responded with a billboard at the other end of the tunnel. On the other side, a Catholic League billboard says, you know it's real, this season celebrate Jesus. The Catholic League says the billboard is a counterpunch. Yes. Just like Jesus says, if someone slaps you on the cheek, counterpunch. <laughs> Way to go, Catholic League. Though, if you truly had faith, you could ditch your car and just walk across the Hudson. <laughs> these provocative billboards, these provocative billboards competing for drivers' attention has led the Tunnel Authority to put up their own billboard. Jesus Christ, watch where you're driving. Now, I'm happy to say, folks, I am happy to say the Catholic League aren't the only ones celebrating Christmas in the traditional way. Everywhere you look, bells are ringing, carolers are caroling, and trees are tweeting. Jim? The Capitol Christmas tree has arrived here in Washington. The 67-foot spruce was chopped down earlier this month in Wyoming. And here's the best part. In a true sign of the times, the official Capitol tree has a Twitter account. Yes. A Christmas tree with a Twitter account. Finally, a way to get kids excited about Christmas. <laughs> the Twitter feed, Track the Tree, lets you follow the Capitol Tree across the country from Wyoming. On Tuesday, the tree tweeted that it was so excited to be here at the Capitol and looking forward to the lighting ceremony on the 7th. That lighting ceremony will be presided over by Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who will finally meet something that can outblink her. <laughs> Let's look at some earlier tweets. Good morning, son. It's my 234th birthday. Oh, look, lumberjacks are coming to help me celebrate. Oh, God, they're hacking at my shins. Let's go to the next day. So cold, sap everywhere. They're chaining me to a truck. Tell my pine cones I love them. This is fun. Uh-oh. I just got a tweet from the tree. Oh, they're dressing me up in tinsel and lights like a cheap whore. And they're making the children watch. I'm sorry, that last tweet was from Kim Kardashian. Anyway. Merry Christ, Christmas Christ, everybody. As I walk through 
this wicked world Searching for light in the darkness of insanity Oh yeah, I ask myself Is a hope lost? Is there only pain and hatred and misery? There's one thing I want to know What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding I'm sure you know what the ACLU is all about. It's in business to defend our civil liberties and the Bill of Rights. So it was more than a little ironic that law enforcement in Tennessee considers the local ACLU chapter to be engaged in terrorism or similarly threatening activities. And guess what raised the ire of Tennessee's law enforcement? The fact that the ACLU of Tennessee sent out a letter to the 137 public school superintendents in the state on December 7th, reminding them that it's unconstitutional for public schools to engage in religious indoctrination. During the holiday season, said the letter, it's especially important that we all embrace the constitutional guarantees of the First Amendment in order to ensure that religious freedom flourishes. The letter added, we ask that if you hold holiday celebrations at your schools, please make sure that they're inclusive. Well, that's downright subversive, isn't it, or terroristic? Amazingly, that's how it struck Tennessee's Fusion Center, though, which is supposed to share information about terrorism threats among different levels of law enforcement. It highlighted that letter on its website map of terrorism events and other suspicious activities. Now, when defending the First Amendment qualifies as terrorism or other suspicious activities, you know we've lost our way. I'm Matt Rothschild, and that's how I see it. The whitest Christmas, the very brightest Christmas, a Christmas far more glorious than grand. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Jess Levin. It's the week after Thanksgiving, which for Fox News means it's time to dust off the old manufactured war on Christmas outrage. So what's in store for the 2010 edition? An elementary school in central Florida banning all things Christmas this holiday season. (laughs) Teachers, it's not funny. Teachers even eliminating traditional Christmas colors like red and green. What? This is so crazy I can't even read the story. They're not going to let red and green in the classroom. I don't get it. Brian? (laughs) <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> I can't figure it out. With this it's so time. crazy. In an interview with Media Matters, a spokesperson for the school district stated, there is no ban on the colors red and green at Heathrow Elementary. Trim up the tree with Christmas stuff like bingo balls and hoop hoop fluff. Trim up the tree with goo-goo gums and bizzle-peaks and ones. Trim every blessed window and trim every blessed door. Hang up hoo-boo-hoo bricks. Then run up and get some more. Here is... Christmas message from Glenn Beck. The three wise men went to Bethlehem with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought no gifts for Joseph and Mary. No, nothing for her. You see, it was all so very sudden of the moment they had just the spur so the three wise men they went to Bethlehem with gold frankincense and myrrh now their dry tree sap or resins, as you can see on the blackboard here. That's the frankincense and the myrrh. They were brought there to calm baby Jesus, to make his wee engine purr. Oh, nothing sexist here. Mary could enjoy the benefits. 
after childbirth, for sure. So, it's easy to guess why the wise men brought the frankincense and the myrrh. Oh, but, but the other gift, it might make you wonder the way the story has always been told. You know, maybe the Roman economy was collapsing. Too much stuff bought and not enough sold. Or, 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 you know, maybe they were minting counterfeit coins that were not worth enough to hold. Do you think that's why the wise men brought along not just frankincense and myrrh, but gold? Oh, they knew their new lord would have need for a reliable property store. You see, he'd be chasing the money changers. So his cash wouldn't be good anymore. Uh-uh. No. They'd need to retrofit the manger. To keep out the, the termites and the mold. So the wise men, they remembered to bring along Plenty of gold. Funny how smart three wise men could be with their gold, frankincense, and myrrh to sneak into Bethlehem under cover of night and manage to create no big stir. Surrounded by wise men, but still we're left out in the cold. So forget the frankincense and myrrh this year. Call now to order your gold. My name is Sam Cedar. I am joined tonight by my good friend. Uh, one of my oldest friends, actually, in the world. Uh, it's been a long time. John Benjamin, uh, star of Pilot Season and Who's the Caboose and Beat Cops. <laughs> and uh, now on the phone, we have, uh, and we appreciate him joining us because it is very difficult to, we've had trouble getting people from uh, these organizations on the show in the past couple of days. Francis Egerton, he is, uh, I guess, the director, the executive director of the American Federation to Save Christmas. Uh, Francis, thank you very much for joining us. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Ed, Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. Thank you very much. Well, Merry Christmas is the appropriate response. When, when a person addresses you with a uh, Merry Christmas, you reciprocate by, by repeating Merry Christmas. Well, it is happy. Happy holidays is legitimate, too, isn't it? Well, it's legitimate in terms of, of economics, perhaps, but happy holidays is more of a generalized term. If a person were to come and approach you and say good afternoon, you wouldn't say good night or good morning. You'd, you'd say good afternoon, uh, adding some, some uh, inflection that way by raising the end of the word, just like Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas means Merry Christmas. Not happy holidays could be talking about any holiday whatsoever. But but thank you. Anyway, this is the spirit of giving. This is a joyous season, a wonderful time to be an American, a wonderful time to be alive. It's the Christmas season, now, and I appreciate uh, appreciate being on your show, and I'm sorry you've had trouble getting uh, getting folks to come on. Okay, well, uh, Mr. Edgerton, or Francis, uh, the, the, uh, why does uh, Christmas need to be saved? I mean, well, your, your organization is called the Federation to Save Christmas. Is, is Christmas in some type of danger? Well, I, this is not a personal uh, uh, attack on you, sir, uh, or Janine, but... Uh, well, no, Janine is not with us tonight. It's actually, it's John Benjamin. Yeah, this isn't Janine. 
Well, I, I can tell a, a throat infection when I hear a throat infection, and I know you two get silly every now and then, and I'm sorry that you've got... No, no, this is definitely not, this is not, I'm not Janine. In any, in any case, uh, Christmas needs to be saved because, uh, once again, the media has missed the mark in terms of what's really going on, or at least the liberal left-wing media has missed the mark, and, uh, you know, we got to do what we can do as, as, as listeners and as, as Americans to just put the word out there that there are some individuals, mostly, mostly of, of, of a jealous portion of uh, certain religious groups that don't have the gift of Christmas that have, for reasons we still don't quite understand, have uh, taken upon themselves in small groups or sects or cells uh, to, to ruin it. All right, all right, well, uh, hold, hold on for one second. I, I need to stop you at a couple places. First of all, you say that the liberal media is not reporting this, but in fact, if you turn on any cable network now... Their lead story is some uh, story about saving Christmas. I've watched these things. I can't figure it out. Now you're saying that there are sects of jealous people of, of certain religions that are doing what? They are stealing the Christmas holiday from those individuals that want to preserve that age-old tradition, decorating a tree, okay, wait a second. But, but, stringing lights onto shrubbery. For, first of all, who, what, 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 for, who is doing this? I mean, where is this happening? Certain members of the Jewish community and certain members of the Kabbalah organization. The Kabbalah? The, the Madonna-based... What is the Kabbalah? Are you talking about the Kabbalah? The voodoo the Kabbalah. Judaism, voodoo Judaism, the Kabbalah. Kabbalah? That's Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Is there a Kabbalah? The straight, straightforward uh, Jewish individuals that... Uh, Want to raise a ruckus? Uh, they well, they want to. They, can they you give me one? What, what, what? Give me one example of what you're talking about. I'm when talking a Jewish person, seven, I'm talking. This is my. This was my rationale for for starting AFSC. How many people are in your organization? Uh, presently, we we have a significant number of people that have signed on in, uh -huh. in the Greater Huntington area uh, in Sudbury, Massachusetts. We've got a, a group, and Binghamton, New York, has started a group. We're hoping to expand into Michigan. Okay, well, now, all right, let's, let's get back to this. You, give me one example uh, in any of those places. Okay, I'd be happy to give you a, a, a number of eleven seventeen. Uh, Missing wreath, ten dollars. Eleven twenty-one. Replace three blinking string lights, three dollars ninety-eight cents. Eleven twenty-four. Electronic Santa. Wait, wait, wait what are you talking about? Dock, you think five dollars service call, forty-eight dollars seventy-three rewire. That wasn't an accident. That was an act of vandalism. Twelve seven. Stolen wreath number two from my front door, ten dollars. Twelve ten. Front shrubbery light string lights gone, twenty-two dollars. Replaced a whole set of blue lights. Those are expensive. Rudolph sleigh display gone, one hundred seventy dollars. Replace it. Twelve fourteen. In-house Georgia pine Christmas tree and all. Keepsake ornaments stolen from house between eight and four that day, priceless. That's why. Wait a second. I, wait a second. Who's stealing? Wait a second. You're, you're you're reading off things that were stolen from your house. From my house, indeed. And I've got lists, police official police reports from individuals throughout the throughout the country that have also experienced. And this is a phenomenon. Wait, and you're claiming over. this is that these things were stolen by Jews and Kabbalists. I hate to, don't kill the messenger, but that's what's happening in this country right now, is that the Jewish people are trying to make an end run based on the work that we're doing in Iraq to try, or in, in, in Palestine to try to free them up to have a place to, to hang their hat, and it's, you give them an inch, wait, what are you going to take a mile. Wait, wait, you're... I'm talking about the Jewish people that want to turn sections of the United States, and in fact the whole United States, into a giant Israel. By taking our Christmas away from it, if you do watch the right wing, the people that are telling the truth and speaking the truth... By the way, you're saying the Jews are the trying MSNBC? to turn... You're, you're saying the Jews are trying to turn this country into Israel by stealing your Christmas wreath. How do you know it was a Jew that stole your Christmas wreath? Well, sir, I, I, uh, I don't imagine there would be any, any other person that would be willing to do that. We know that the Muslims use uh, explosions. We know that the Jewish people are, are softer. Wait, the Muslims use, uh, you're saying Muslims use explosions to do what? To make their point. Uh, the and so you're saying the Jews use, use stealing of wreaths and, and Christmas trees to make their point. Were there, were there any other wreaths in your neighborhood that were stolen? Yes. And so it wasn't just your house? No. Okay. There were a, num a significant number of people uh, not only have had wreaths stolen, strings of lights have shown up missing. Um, and you're assuming that the people who took these were Jews because, just, because, I, because they were against Christmas. Well, I'm saying that when I... How do you know that the people who stole it didn't use it to hang up at their house? 
Well, I, there is no, first of all, there's no such thing as Hanukkah lights. <laughs> you, you and I both know that we're educated men. And you do know that there, you know, a Jewish person, you know, first and foremost is lost anyway by not accepting Jesus Christ and celebrating the birth of Christ on December 25th. Uh, Two thousand four years of peace, love, and joy in the world. Uh, uh, sir, already are a little confused, but sir, you can see the smirks sir, outside of the people in synagogues. There's a little bit of head nodding when you. Uh, if, as, You're saying as, the as, Jews outside of synagogues are head nodding and smirking because they because they stole your Christmas lights. Uh, listen, hey, listen. You know what, sir? You know what, sir? I'm going to have to say goodbye because we're running out of time. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy Hanukkah. holidays. Happy Hanukkah to you, sir. Goodbye, Janine. No, it's well, John Benjamin. Shalom. Happy Hanukkah. Shalom. Ah. All right. No, well, there it is. That's that. You know, the that, Jews are stealing Christmas lights. That's what. It, that's what these people are arguing. Apparently. Well, the, the, he disturbing. had some good points. He had some good points. <laughs> Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ding, tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go, let's look at the show. We're riding in a wonderland of snow. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's grand, just holding your hand. We're gliding along with a song of a wintry fairyland. Our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy, cozy all we. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Danny Herrera. Brent Bozell of the Conservative Media Research Center appeared on Fox News today to decry Christmas coverage on ABC, NBC, and CBS. Then we looked at how many of those 527 stories about Christmas mentioned Jesus Christ mm -hmm. or God. Only 7 out of 527, only 1.3% mention Jesus or God. Bozell's report coincidentally didn't include what percentage of Fox News stories mentioned God or Jesus Christ, but we have a hunch it wasn't that much different. It's time for my annual Christmas shopping tips for men. And when it comes to Christmas shopping, what deals can you find at mom and pop shops trying to compete with the big guys? We're going to tell you the deals that are out there just ahead. For these stories and more, visit MediaMatters.org. It seems to happen every holiday season now. People forget that we have such a thing as the separation of church and state. Down in Athens, Texas, county officials allowed a private group to put up a nativity scene on the lawn of the courthouse. My friends at the Freedom From Religion Foundation based in Madison informed them that the nativity scene violated the Constitution. The group asked that the county take down the display or allow them to put up a winter solstice banner on the courthouse lawn. That banner says, there are no gods, no devils, no angels, no heaven, or hell. Henderson County Commissioner Joe Hall responded, we'll remove it when hell freezes over. He also said, I'm an old country boy. You come to my house looking for a fight, you're going to get one. Fighting words to be sure, but Henderson County is bound to lose this one, as they should because this is settled law by now and it's part of the Constitution. But don't tell the folks over at Fox News. They invited Dan Barker, co-president of the Freedom From Religion Foundation, to come on Follow the Money with Eric Bowling for some reason. But when Dan vigorously defended his position, they just kicked him off the show. That's Tolerance for you on Fox News and in Athens, Texas. I'm Matt Rothschild, and that's how I see it. There are cynics, there are skeptics, there are legions of dispassionate dyspeptics who regard this time of year as a maudlin and sincere cheesy crass commercial travesty of all that we all do. When they think that, well, I can hear it, but I pity them, their lack of Christmas spirit. For in a world like ours, take it from Stephen, there are much worse things to believe in. A redeemer and a savior and a beast man giving toys for good behavior. The faith in what might be and the hope that we might see, the answer to all sorrow in a box beneath the tree.
Someone needs to explain to the Republicans that Ebenezer Scrooge is supposed to be the bad guy. And before conservatives start whining about another war on Christmas, they must admit they hate everything about Christmas. Because brotherhood, goodwill toward men, and especially charity, make their skin crawl. Now this week, Michelle Bachman, Michelle Bachman proposed cutting huge holes in the federal safety net, demonstrating a total misunderstanding of the concept of a net. Here's what she said. Self-reliance means if anyone will not work, neither should he eat. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you too, crazy lady. That's the, uh, that's the first thing I think whenever self-reliance comes up. Punishment by starvation. <clears throat> Honestly, who can hear that statement and not think of Scrooge, who in A Christmas Carol suggests that if the poor don't want to go to the workhouse, they should get on with dying as a service to population control. Now, if Herman Cain said that at a Republican debate, he would get a standing ovation. <clears throat> and say what you want about Ebenezer Scrooge, he never shoved Bob Cratchit's head into his groin and said, look, you want Christmas off or not? <laughs> Newt Gingrich refers to Obama as the food stamp president because Obama doesn't want children to starve to death, fucking commie. <laughs> Mitt Romney says we should let all the people about to lose their homes, lose them and they can just become renters. Ownership society? Meet no pets, no waterbeds. <laughs> Mitt said the same thing a few years ago when the automobile industry was tottering. Let it die. I find it ironic that Republicans have such disdain for the lazy, and yet their solution to every problem is do nothing. <laughs> <They're> <clears throat> Their answer to wealth inequality, do nothing. Healthcare, do nothing. Climate change, nothing. Racism, doesn't exist. For a group of people so head over heels in love with self-reliance, they sure do recommend a lot of sitting on their ass. If, if a Christmas carol was performed by the Tea Party Dramatic Society, it would be a cautionary tale about how the hero, Scrooge, <laughs> a blameless job creator, is turned into a socialist through the corrupting influence of Tiny Tim. And the play would end with a simple plaintive question from Mr. Scrooge. Just how much of my wealth does Mr. Tim think he's entitled to? Oh And that is the great Republican fallacy of this election, that our economic problems are due not to Wall Street's gambling, but because too many Americans are lazy. But there are 16 million unemployed, and we only created 80,000 jobs last month. The problem isn't laziness, it's math. But this is where the Republican Party is now, in favor of people dying because they don't have health insurance, in favor of letting people go unfed if they won't work, and if they want to work, but are Mexicans in favor of putting up a fence that electrocutes them. Mm. Even Scrooge is thinking, look, I hate the poor, but I'm not a fucking psychopath. <laughs> psychopath. Media Matters Minute. I'm Lisa Reed. Fox News' fake war on Christmas is already underway, and rival network CNN is none too pleased. 
Yes, it has begun. The first bomb allegedly dropped in Rhode Island. Governor Lincoln Chafee, neither Republican nor Democrat, but independent, called the State House Christmas tree a holiday tree. Fox News, as it does every year, went crazy. Indeed. Fox hosted a Rhode Island legislator who was outraged with Governor Chaffee. Steve Ducey even goaded his viewers to call the governor and give him a piece of their mind. We've got his phone number. Here it is. If you'd Good. like to give him a call, I'd wait till 9, 10 o'clock this morning. Unless you Actually, got a 8.30, Steve. 8.30. Thank you very much, yes. Doreen. Uh, the number for the governor is 401-222. Let's stop the tape right there. But needless to say, a spokeswoman for Chaffee's office confirmed that they had received quite a few phone calls. just seems to me that the Democrats don't get Christmas. Another example, Congressman Jim McDermott, who used the baby Jesus to push his pro-poor people agenda. Jim? This is Christmas time. We talk about good Samaritans. We talk about the poor, the little baby Jesus in the cradle and all this stuff. And then we say to the unemployed, we won't give you a check to feed your family. That's simply wrong. Of course it's wrong. We shouldn't be talking to them at all. They've got unemployment cooties. And I am not the only one upset by McDermott's flagrant injection of charity into the Christmas season. So is Papa Bear Bill O'Reilly. In his weekly column, he wrote, Every fair-minded person should support government safety nets for people who need assistance through no fault of their own. But guys like McDermott don't make distinctions like that. For them, the baby Jesus wants us to provide, no matter what the circumstance. But being a Christian, I know that while Jesus promoted charity at the highest level, he was not self-destructive. <laughs> Good point, Bill. Jesus said we only have to love those who deserve it. And what I like best about Bill's argument is its complete factual inaccuracy. Because... It would be inconvenient to guys like us to repeat what Jesus actually said. For instance, if someone wants your coat, give them your cloak as well. Rich people should sell all their possessions and give the money to the poor. Plus, the fact is, Jesus was way beyond self-destructive. He was self-sacrificial. I mean, the guy is God. He could have floated off that cross like Chris Angel Mind Freak. <laughs> and I love, I love how Bill closes with, the Lord helps those who help themselves, kind of implying that Jesus said that when it was actually Ben Franklin, who I believe belched out that proverb between mouthfuls of French whore. But as much as, much as I'm a fan of Bill's willfully ignorant, borderline heretical self-justification, I gotta tip my hat to Bernie Goldberg, who came on the factor to call Jesus like he sees us. Jim? As a matter of fact, you know, Jesus probably would be, except for one or two issues, a liberal Democrat if he were around today. Yes. Jesus was a liberal Democrat. It's right there in his name. Jesus H. Christ. That H clearly stands for Hussein. Plus, Jesus was always flapping his gums about the poor, but not once did he call for tax cuts for the wealthiest 2% of Romans, even though they create all the good slave jobs. And don't forget, Jesus hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes, and no good conservative would be caught dead with tax collectors. What frightens me, what frightens me really, what really frightens me about this is now we know we got a liberal Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. He's basically Yahweh's Joe Biden. Anything happens to the big guy, we could end up with a socialist deity redistributing my loaves and fishes. Well, it hurts me to say this, folks, but if Jesus really is a liberal, it's time to get the Christ out of Christmas. Now, listen, 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 you know me, you know me. I'm no fan of the term Xmas. 
or X anything. I make my kids play Christbox 360. <laughs> and if they break a bone, they get Christ rays. But it is time to take baby Jesus out of the manger. Replace him with something that's easier to swallow. How about a honey-baked ham? <laughs> because if this is going to be a Christian nation that doesn't help the poor, either we've got to pretend that Jesus was just as selfish as we are, or we've got to acknowledge that he commanded us to love the poor and serve the needy without condition, and then admit that we just don't want to do it. Thanks for listening, everyone. So, you know, as long as we're still squarely steeped in the holiday season, I, I thought that I would share something that I came across a couple months ago that I decided to be thankful for. It's sort of interesting, at least to me. So, you know, as a progressive and a normal person uh, simultaneously, I sort of struggle between, uh, you know, pushing for progress in lots of areas and also having appreciation for tradition and, uh, you know, having nostalgia for various things. And I've talked on the show before about how I have sort of, and like, don't get me wrong, I'm in the minority of people, I think, who feels this way, but I, I sort of have an appreciation for the cumbersome. I sort of like uh, every once in a while to you know, walk from one destination to another and for it to like rain on me and to not be able to avoid getting wet. Like there's something sort of like quaint and, and of the old ways to not just have a car to get into, to protect yourself from all elements of the weather. Um, you know, given a choice between owning a car and riding a bike and using public transportation, I much prefer the more cumbersome ways of using public transportation. I, I, I take actual pleasure in doing that. For longer term travel, you know, given a choice between flying and taking a train, I sort of appreciate the train for what it is. I, I sort of appreciate that it's slower. I, I appreciate that, you know, you actually recognize the distance you're traveling. Uh, on a train because it's and it actually takes a long time. You actually see the the ground going past you, whereas flying, you're just sort of in a metal tube and you sort of go to sleep and you wake up somewhere else. Now, along these lines, I sort of have this appreciation for ways of the old world, and I, I don't. I think this is somewhat shared. Um, you know, there there's a reason why there are horse carriage rides in cities all around the country. You know, New York City, you can take a horse and horse and buggy ride around Central Park. Like, it's not because that's the most convenient way to do it, because it's quaint. It's it's of the old world. Um, I, definitely not that I recommend doing those rides. I think it's really uh, horrible for the horses to be made to do that and, and be in a loud, busy city, you know, that's not like the old ways, but, uh, but just as, as an example. And, and so like, I sort of have a, a, an appreciation for this stuff, but I feel like, you know, we, we long for these things that no longer exist. And I came to appreciate something that actually still does exist, but I just didn't, you know, you just think of it as, as normal modern day. And so you don't think of it as old and quaint. Um, but I remember as a kid that I learned the story from my parents, like just as I was learning what the standard and metric systems were, that America attempted to switch over to the metric system and failed. <laughs> like we tried and couldn't do it. There was enough backlash that they just gave up and we didn't switch over to the metric system. And so we're the only country in the world essentially uh, left using, you know, feet and yards instead of the much more convenient and, and uh, you know, sensical metric system. And so I remember at the time, like, I was angry. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, I have to learn this stuff that doesn't make any sense because we tried and failed to switch over? That's crazy because uh, the metric system makes so much more sense. Uh, and, and so fast forward 20 years or so, and I was baking some cookies the other day because I make some delicious chocolate chip cookies, if I do say so myself. And, uh, and I was using, as you would imagine, teaspoons and tablespoons to measure out uh, my ingredients. And I got thinking, you know, teaspoons and tablespoons, those are ridiculous names for spoons from, you know, from a measuring device. Tea and table don't have anything to do with size. 
but clearly they got their names from spoons that were used for tea versus spoons that were used for meals at the table. And I thought, that's it. You know, I don't have to long for a bygone day of horse and buggies or, you know, bicycles with the big wheel in front or, uh, you know, the the heyday of the train system where everyone goes to the big fancy, uh, you know, train depot union station in their local city to to get around because planes didn't exist. Like, you know, that's that's like a, you know, quaint image of, of something we sort of have nostalgia for even though we didn't live through it and and so we long for these things that didn't exist or you know that, that don't exist anymore while completely forgetting anything that's a holdover from that time uh, because we just overlook it and so basically what I'm saying is that I decided to be thankful for teaspoons and tablespoons and the whole standard system. I, I've completely flipped on it. I, I used to be angry that America didn't switch over to the metric system because we're ridiculous. And now I appreciate the standard system for its ridiculousness because, you know, you like to imagine we're not really missing out on much. All the people who should be using the metric system are, you know, the scientists and, and everyone like that. Like if they're trying to do some real calculations, they're probably using the metric system. Uh, and in the meantime, anyone puttering around in the kitchen gets to use teaspoons and tablespoons and that's adorable so there you go that's it for today thanks again to everyone for listening thanks to those who support the show i hope everyone is continuing to enjoy whatever holidays you may or may not be celebrating or maybe you're just getting time off because of them my name is jay and this has been the best of the left podcast coming to you you know usually every third day except not during the holidays but as always from inside the beltway yet outside the conventional wisdom of washington dc from bestoftheleft.com Black and white You took apart a picture that wasn't right Pitch burning on a shining sheet The only maker that you want to meet A dying man in a living room Whose shadow bases the floor Who take you out